Homeschooling isn't just about education. It's about your kids, it's about your family, and it's about a lifestyle. Hi, my name is Jackie and I'm the founder of Homeschool Think Tank. The Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast is about community, family, education, and life. I believe that these are the things that matter to homeschool families. Tune in each week and let's talk. I'll bring you a message from my heart, an expert interview, or an interview with the ultimate homeschooling experts, homeschool families like yours. Remember to check the link in the show notes below and you'll find an article that corresponds with this episode. Finally, remember to visit homeschoolthinktank.com for more information about how we serve homeschooling families. All right, let's get started with this week's episode. Are your kids struggling with math? Is your math leading your children to tears? Maybe, just maybe, it's time to play some fun math games. So whether your kids are finding math challenging or you simply want to help them enhance their math skills, there are plenty of fun math games that will keep your children learning. So today, we're going to get started with some fun math games. But before I tell you about those games, I want to tell you about how I put together the article in this podcast episode. So clearly I know about plenty of fun math games. And for some of you, some of these games are just going to be basic. You know them. But I believe there are going to be a couple in here that you might not have heard of because they are relatively new. I'm thinking in the last two years. I'm not totally positive. But while I was putting this article together, I was looking for a YouTube video to share on the website about why games are important and why math games are important. And I have to tell you, I spent much more time than I thought I would looking for a good video. But I did finally land on an excellent video. And it's actually a TEDx talk. The speaker's name is Dan Finkel, and he is the co-creator of Two Math Games, and he's the founder of Math for Love. So before I share these games with you, I want to share a few of the principles that he shares in his TEDx speech, and then a few of the guidelines he gives for good math games. So whether they're his games or other games, I want to share this with you. Now, I'm certainly not going to give you everything that his speech says, but I just want to give you sort of the highlights here because I thought it was so good. And he's a math teacher. And, you know, while this is a homeschooling podcast, clearly, I really do believe there is a lot that we as parents can learn from teachers because they have so much experience in the classroom with so many different children. I don't love the school system per se, but I do think that educators have a wealth of knowledge to share and we can learn from them. So here are the primary things that he talks about in this speech. Principle one, he says, start with a question. Basically, once a question is asked, most people are more open to hearing the answer. Principle two, thinking happens only when we have time to struggle. So 
in your mind, you need to have time to struggle with a question that you have and come up with the answers on your own, right? So he said, kids need time to think and grapple with real problems. And by struggling, they also develop an ability to take risk. Principle three, teachers and parents are not the answer key. So he says, children might have a question that you don't know the answer to, and that's all right. You need to respond with, I don't know. Let's find out. Dan says that math can become an adventure. And he says, ask your child to explain the math to you or try to figure it out together. And I thought this part was just golden. Teach them that not knowing is not failure. I think that is one of the best quotes. Not knowing is not failure. It just means you don't know that you haven't figured it out yet, or maybe you've never asked the question. So, and I'm ad-libbing a bit here, but I think that's really important that your kids understand that not knowing is not the same thing as failure. And quite frankly, it's okay to fail. I, I give my children permission to fail. When my high school age daughter started college at a young age, I, I told her it's okay if you fail. And she had one professor that she didn't agree with a lot of things that he said. And I said, it's okay. Challenge him. If he fails you, that's okay. So I personally believe it is okay to fail. By the way, she got an A in that class. He did not fail her. But it, it is okay if you fail. Either you weren't ready, you had the wrong instruction, you needed more time, you needed more information, you needed another way. That's all it means. All right. And that was all me there. Okay. Principle four, he said, say yes to your children's ideas. Refuse to be the answer key and create space for mathematical conversation and debate. He said, this draws everyone in because we love to see people disagree. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) So he says, let kids doubt, affirm, Deny, understand the answers to math problems. Let them see real thinking out loud. So even, I would internalize this even, we are going through the process of getting ready to get new carpet in our house. And we have, there's a lot of math involved with getting new carpet. Now they come in with all the electronic tools, but it has occurred to me that as I'm going through some of the quotes that I'm doing for myself first, that I need to involve my kids in this because it is real math happening. And they've seen me doing some of the math, but I need to actually have them do it with me and make those decisions because there are big differences in price, but also what do we want in this room? What do we want in that room? And the measurements. So these are real math problems that we are talking about as a family, but just something to think about. But there are always math problems in daily life. And thinking out loud with your kids about them is real world experience. All right, principle five, 
play. He says, mathematics is not about following rules. It's about playing and exploring and fighting and looking for clues and sometimes even breaking things. And he mentioned the quote from Albert Einstein. And he says, Einstein called play the highest form of research. And he says, a math teacher, and I would say a parent, who lets their students play with math gives them the gift of ownership. And in his closing remarks, Dan Finkel says, parents, if you want to know how to nurture the mathematical instincts of your children, play is the answer. What books are to reading, play is to mathematics. A home filled with blocks and puzzles and games and play is a home where mathematical thinking can flourish. I am so glad that I found his TEDx talk. And the terms I was searching for, it took a while to get there, but it's such a great speech. And I would really encourage you to actually watch the speech. And we have it embedded on the Homeschool Think Tank webpage. And you'll find that link in the show notes below. Okay, now with that in mind, I actually shared two interviews with him. Well, two videos with him. And one of them is an interview that somebody else did, but it, it's a very good interview. So here are some of the guidelines that Dan Finkel uses to choose math games for the classroom. Now, I would like to suggest that these same guidelines would be good for parents to use as they are finding math games for their home, especially if you want to play them frequently. Also, these same guidelines would be great if you participate in homeschool group game days. So here are the guidelines. He says the game should have choice. So there should be options to make choices within the game. And then number two, math should be the engine of the game. So it's not like math is a byproduct of the game. It's what makes the game happen. And number three, it should be simple to learn and quick to play. Now, I like the simple to learn part as far as just getting your kids going with games. And in my family, I love games. My oldest daughter loves games. My youngest daughter, it's a little bit more difficult to get her to play games, which drives me crazy because games are such a great way to learn. But it is what it is. But being simple to learn and quick to play is pretty critical with her. And my husband, he plays games to appease me. <laughs> he doesn't just love games. But anyway, I think those are important components, especially if you are dealing with people who don't naturally just love games or if you yourself don't. So again, the game should have choice. Math should be the engine of the game. It should be simple to learn and quick to play. And I think that works great as far as homeschool group days, things like that. All right, now with that in mind, I'm going to share five games with you. Certainly there are so many more math games and I would like to invite you to join our homeschooling group on Facebook. 
we have a homeschooling group for parents on Facebook, and you are welcome to join in and let us know what your favorite games are. I'm going to be asking the question soon in that group. What are your favorite math games or games that you suggest so that you can include those? And by the way, the blog post, the article that accompanies this podcast episode, we will be updating that on a pretty regular basis to include more games because there are so many great games for math. And then we'll also be doing things on other types of games as well. All right. The first game I haven't actually played yet, but it is from Dan Finkel and his wife. I think her name was Catherine Cook. And they created a game together. The Amazon reviews are outstanding on it, and there are a lot of reviews. So I'm going to include this. I'll be getting the game myself soon, and I'll let you know what I think of it once we get it. But I was really impressed with his interviews, and so between the the interview, the TEDx talk, and then all of the excellent Amazon reviews, I feel really comfortable putting this game on here, even though I haven't played it yet. So it's called Prime Climb, and... According to the manufacturer, which I assume is Dan and his wife, basically putting the description together, they say that this is the perfect game for preteens and teenagers. It's excellent for two to four players and homeschool. I say homeschool groups. He says the classroom. So it's easy to learn and you can play the game over and over again. He says learn and master multiplication, division, factorization, and prime number concepts by combining colors. It looks like a good game. I personally think I'm going to love it. I love math though. I've always liked math. (laughs) So some people might think I'm crazy, but I do. I really love math. All right. The next game I've talked about in a few other podcasts. So I'm going to be quick on this. It's Tenzi, T-E-N-Z-I. It's an excellent game. I can tell you there are so many ways to play that game. And I really suggest just getting the package with 100 dice. By the way, all of the links in the show notes are affiliate links. So if you purchase the game, we do get a kickback at Homeschool Think Tank. You help support the Homeschool Think Tank parenting podcast when you use the links that we provide. So thank you for using our links. All right, the next one, certainly you've heard of this, but if you, you may have forgotten about it, Yahtzee. I will tell you, years ago, before I ever had children, my sister-in-law, well, Let me back up a little bit. At my in-law's house, we played Yahtzee all the time. Well, I didn't realize that part of the reason we were playing Yahtzee so much is because she noticed that her daughter was improving her math skills by playing Yahtzee. So she was struggling with with her multiplication a little bit. We started playing Yahtzee and her math skills started improving very quickly. So I think Yahtzee is a great game. And that you should play it with your kids. And really, if your kids are old enough to start adding at all, they're old enough to play Yahtzee. And we still play that game a lot to this day. Quite frankly, I sort of stink at it, but I still enjoy it pretty much. I like games with more strategy than that, but maybe I just don't use the right strategy because I consistently don't do very well at it. All right, the next game is Farkle. The first time I ever played this game was in high school. And my husband and the kids play it 
it seems like they play it more when I'm not around, but so I don't play it a whole lot, but you're going to work on adding and multiplying by fives and or fifties, I should say, and one hundreds. So there is a video for Farkle in the blog post that goes with this episode. There's one for Yahtzee. There's one for all of the games that we're mentioning. All right. And then another game that Dan Finkel and his wife created is called Tiny Polka Dot. Now, again, I have not played this game yet, but I'm excited to play it. And it looks like there are a lot of different ways that you can play this game. I'm always a fan of games that you can play in more than one way. And this looks like it's one of them. And I do have a video. Actually, I have a a few videos on the blog post that goes with this episode. So that's it for today. I didn't want to put too many things out there at once. I like to tell you about a few here and a few there because it helps remind you that games are great. It's easy to forget about it. And I want to share one little thing with you that I wish I would have done when my children were younger. Now, when my kids were really little, after lunch every day, I would sit on the couch with them and read to them, and then they would go take their nap. And then as they got older, that became the time when our reading lessons actually happened. And For a long time, they read at that time frame even. But at some point, you know, as your kids get older, the routines change a little bit. Here's what I wish I always would have done. And maybe you'll do this because I'm sharing it with you. I wish when we sort of dropped off with the reading every day as a family that we would have picked up playing a game in that time frame. So it's definitely easier if your kids are young to get everybody on board with that type of a routine than my kids are high school age now, middle school, high school. But I think that is a great habit to be in, even if it is just you and one child, if you only have one child or however many kids you have. But I would suggest that you make it a habit to play a game every single day or at least most days. Remember to share this podcast episode if you liked it and if you find it helpful. And I would love it if you went to the website and checked out all of the resources we put together for you. And I do want to say thank you for using any of the affiliate links that we provide. So if you buy the game, if you do it from our website, then Homeschool Think Tank gets a kickback and we really do appreciate that. So that's it. Have a great week. Live and learn your way. Bye-bye. I want to say thank you for listening to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd like to ask you to take a moment to follow this podcast and share it with a friend. Remember to check the show notes for a link to the article that corresponds with this podcast episode. In this article, we'll include any links that we mentioned in this episode. And remember that you can search all of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast episodes at homeschoolthinktank.com.